0: To the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McCray. Leland, it's been another crazy week. Um, look, let's start local. I've put this off as long as I can, um, but you
1: can't, you can't hide from this any longer. It's August, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we got four more weeks of this stuff before the, <laughs> we even kick a ball off. But let's. And then we'll
1: still say the same stuff again. Yes, yes, I will do
0: that. Yep, yeah, but. It's fine. Um, Let's get to it. Uh, Let's start. Uh, We said last time we did this. I don't know. It was when the schedule got released. We did. Right. We did most exciting game for each team for the season.
1: I think we. I. I felt like we dug into non district games. Um, I I didn't look back at our notes, but I felt like it was a lot of non district games that we Mm -hmm. focused on. So,
0: for this week. We will do most exciting there are eleven weeks in the high school football season. We will pick our most exciting game each week, uh preseason. Obviously that is probably gonna change as the season unfolds, unless
1: Look looking at my notes towards the end of the season, yeah, I, I expect it to change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um hmm. let's start week one. I, I think there's one obvious candidate, and I think there is a plausible secondary candidate
1: well let me go with the obvious one the one that yeah. everybody has circled um it's you know i know riverheads has had recent matchups with lord bought and how much hype that got we'll talk about that topic later we'll have time to but in the valley up and down 81 this matchup between riverheads and central woodstock riverheads going up north to central woodstock for this game obviously riverheads Ten-time state champions, won seven in a row, have won sixty out of the last sixty-one games. Going to Central, who just played in the state championship in Class Two and had a twelve-and-three season of their own, and and played Graham, uh, lost twenty-four to seven, but still best season in school history that Coach Yo has them rolling. Um, you know, great seasons. All but two of their playoff wins in school history have come under Coach Yo. Um, it's it's just absolutely. A highlight of the season schedule, much less week one. Uh, I saw a TV three theme where they talked about the biggest games is three biggest games of the season. And, and they kind of counted town to this one as, as it's week one. So I just think to me, it's, that's the obvious one from all the talk I'm hearing from people. And it's really because central looks up for the challenge. And it just seems like every time central gets riverheads on their schedule uh, in the last 20 or so years, it, it's around a time that they think they can, they can farewell. And, and the reason that's seems true is that they've split their last six meetings. Riverheads is one, three central's one, three and all their meetings. Uh, I think Oh three to now. Um, but Riverheads lat won the last meeting in 18, but that was the year after central beat them back to back weeks. Riverheads lost one week to Stanton one week to central. So, uh, you know, different kids and all that, but it's going to be a fun one um, to really kick off the season up the road there.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It's going to be that, that is the, you know, obvious choice for most exciting game in the opening week of the season. Just because I think when you look at these two teams, not only is it two teams that are usually both near the top in their, you know, respective regions this year, they're in the same region. So this is not only a great way to kick off the season with two teams that we think are, it's going to be a competitive game, but it's also going to be a great measuring stick game because I think these are probably the two teams. When we, re- when the region championship week comes around, we're watching them play again. And the question is, where do we watch? Where is that game going to be played? And I think this game probably has a lot to do with that. And then you're then the other thing is going to be okay. Well, how much do these teams grow from week one to this week, and at the end of the year? And I mean, look, obviously, you know, Stewart's draft, yeah, yeah, Stewart's draft will have want to have something to say about that. And
1: yeah,
0: Strasburg, Strasburg, yeah, Clark clark county you know there's gonna be teams wanting there's they're gonna say well don't overlook us but and that's fine but i do think you know i mean i feel like we say this every year riverheads could win to be most years without a doubt yeah i think this year this year i'm interested central's play pretty good i'm interested yeah and you know everybody's
1: looking for the crack in riverheads this is a great early test yeah as much as as me, the homer for Riverheads, wants to say, hey, they're going up to Class 2. That changes in the playoffs. Regular season is the same kind of deal. Riverheads has a tough regular season schedule, and then this game is is part of that and, and good for them for scheduling. And they can lose this game and still go on and have all the success, just like we saw them lose to Lord Bonneton last year and have the ultimate goal of winning state championship still happen. I, I love this game early, and I think uh, whether it adds up in the postseason or not, facing off against each other either way this is a great way to kick off the season two teams you know that you expect to be talking about for a region championship and 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 we mentioned the other couple they're in there too those matchups with these teams and those teams are big games too but this is the first one night one
0: yeah and it's I think this is going to be the exciting game is you know already we're talking week one hey is this a region championship preview is this going to determine who goes into the state playoffs and you know, right. has a chance to win a state title because you're right. Yeah. The loser of this game still has their ultimate goal of we want to win a state championship ahead of them. Yeah. But if they play again, and now this game decides where that game gets played, well, well, that second meeting, someone's going to have their ultimate goal taken away.
1: Yep, that one will mean a lot more. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, so the other one I know you want to talk about. I'm sure Keen Williams through drafts the other one. Yeah. That is a big game, and that basically we talk about these Riverheads and Central Woodstock region championship we think these teams could you know have played or play that weekend you know keen william you start looking past the next week into the region or into the state semifinals this could be a state semifinal preview if you think stewart straff can come out of region 2b and keen william come out of region a so i agree that's a big matchup two teams that are used to the postseason. i think it's a great one but i i still lean riverhead central
0: i don't want to break hearts before we kick a ball off but stewart straff's got two teams playing week one that we just talked about that I think are going to prevent them from playing in a state semifinal. So I don't, this is going to be a, a good measuring test to see how good I think region two B is compared to region two a.
1: Yeah. Uh, most of the time they do. All right. So
0: they do um, week two. Week two. I, this is really no doubt in my mind at, at which one this is. And I, I know you only put one game down and I agree. Um, well, Let's, hmm. s- let's
1: talk about that one now. Let's talk about this one. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, now that I'm looking at it, there is another one maybe. But let's talk about yeah. T.A. Wilson, right? Because that's a game that, if Wilson is going to be good, got to gotta show up, yeah. got to win that game, in my opinion. If they lose that game, we go into to the rest of the season with Wilson having a lot more questions. Because you're going to play Spotswood after that. You're going to play Western Albemarle after that. You're going to play Riverheads after that. So if you if you're not 2-0 and going into that three game gauntlet, all of a sudden you go from hope we have a good seed in the playoffs to hope we get in the playoffs.
1: Right. And that's kind of towards where they were last year. I mean, they had mm-hmm. to kind of get in there and then that win at the end of the season kind of helped that. Um, and. This is what winning does. It creates expectations, and here we are, the next season. And here's expectations. Here's TA who won a playoff game against Spotswood, um, had their nine and three season. The Scott Turner's first year, um, you know, came over from East Rock. So it's it's a big one. And so um, this is a matchup that when I went and looked at like how many times they played, I was surprised they've only played. 17 times and 16 of those was for 1991 of all the you know wilson going to the valley or southern valley and they had non-district games with so many valley districts they just haven't played ta much so i love that they have this little series here the one game they did have recently was 2019 i'm sure they were scheduled to play in 2020 before everything got crazy so um we could have had two games there but ta won that game Back uh, in 2019, 37 to nothing. That was a different Wilson team back then. So I'm really interested to see. I I, I think that's, you know, Jeremiah Major was coached there. So we're on a second coach since then for Wilson. They had the uptick last year. Um, Sure, they got big positions to fill like quarterback. but They have some running backs back. They have a lot of good defenders back. I think Wilson's going to be on the positive side of where they were last year. Where does that count for wins, though, with this schedule and, and what we're talking about this gauntlet that's uh, starting in the first half of the season here, where four of your first five games are, <laughs> no no promises are made here. And I am just I I think this is the biggest game for this our area because of these two teams that really want to get in the playoffs and not just make the playoffs, have a decent spot to, and have a good chance to win a game. No one wants to travel down to Lynchburg and play any of those teams down there in the first round. You want to host a game or you want to be in that four or five game at, at the very worst. So this game, I think is going to have a lot to say about, about that. And, uh, you know, put one of these two teams on the road to being a top four seed uh, in uh, region three C there.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, move, I, you know, if we're going to keep giving a, a second dairy option, you know, Buffalo capital Yeah. it be an interesting game. Um,
1: I paused there. I just, with them playing in two different classifications, that what kind of pulled me back
0: off. Yeah, which is why it also pulls me off of the next week. Clark-Buffalo Gap. If Buffalo Gap was play. still in Class 2, I think there's a case that maybe that's the most interesting game in Week 2. And they'd have a shot at Week 3 playing Clark County as well. But still, that's a B game for me. The A game is, again, Wilson, but it's their game yep, at spots. a lot of those.
1: Last year, we called this game on the radio. Wilson, you know, pretty good chance Spotswood took the foot off the gas a little bit in the second half. But Wilson really played a lot better football in the entire second half, from the beginning of the second half on, not just in the fourth quarter, to where I kind of thought – Wilson showed what they maybe could have done in Stewart's draft maybe not win that game, but still just kind of play with them a bit better. And I, and I think over the course of the season, Wilson did go ahead and prove that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested in what they can do this year in week three, right there against Spotswood who, you know, went into the playoffs as a home team. They got upset by TA the team. Wilson is going to play the week before this. So this is just kind of a three team crisscross these two weeks with Wilson, our local team right in the middle and I'm really excited about this. I mean, this is not an easy s- schedule for new coach there at Wilson, Ryan Clark. So I, I'm really interested to see what he does with it.
0: Yeah, the, the Spotswood game is another kind of like we said, you, you want to be 2-0 going into that Spotswood game. But if you yeah. slip up and drop the Turner-Ashby game, all of a sudden the Spotswood game becomes a must win. So that's why, to me, it's another, you know, game of the week kind of there in our third yeah. week of the season. Fourth week of the season? uh Hold on. I I got
1: to clean it. I said Ryan Clark. Ryan Bird is the new coach at Wilson. I've
0: just been watching too much ESPN
1: with former Steelers on there. It's Ryan Bird.
0: Well, (laughs) that's another reason you shouldn't be doing that. I mean, they're. But (laughs) I um, I actually don't like that much of it. (laughs) um, Moving on to week four in the season, Uh, again, you could say Wilson. They play Western Albemarle. But just to be contrarian there, uh, I'll make yeah. that my B game. Uh, my A game, and this may be a different A game than you because I see your notes here right. at the bottom. Uh, I think it's Stewart's Draft-Leray. Because I think we were talking about, you know, earlier, King-Williams, Stewart's Draft, you know, a potential state semifinal preview. And, and okay, uh, to me, mm-hmm. the Stewart's Draft-Leray game is going to be huge in terms of seeding when you get to the 2B playoffs. If Stewart's Draft yeah. is going to have a home game in 2B, I think this Leray game maybe has something to say about it.
1: And it's been an interesting series. I mean, between these two teams, you've seen, you know, Luray win in 17 and 18 and then draft come back in 19. And and I guess that's uh, 21 with the wins. But then, you know, Luray pounded on Stewart's draft a year ago. Yep. So really interesting game staying at the, in the same um, region there. And maybe I overlooked that a little bit. Uh, so I, I like that answer. Um, I think Luray loses a good amount of talent, but we kind of said that about them most years in these last few years and they've reloaded really well. I really like what coach Nathan Floyd does at Lorey. He's really b- built that our it's nature draft. Uh I said the wrong name. Um the coach there at Lorey and obviously if I I just mess it up like that, uh I'm I'm not there but anyway, he does a great job there at Lorey. He's really built that program up from what it was before and then that's the team I'm used to playing. So I'm I and when I played and and followed what they did um, after but Nathan Nolan Jeffries just has them continually reloading up there in that area and, I, and that's why I think they're the dark horse in my mind for that region championship if they can just cash in on some of the success we've seen them have over the last two or three years four years really of where they've had these highs they've, they've won six straight games they've done this or they fell on their face or they started out a little rough and then got going I, I think they're a team that could be really dangerous and that's a team with playing Stewart's draft who, who has been at, at the top of the mountain plenty of times in these last four or five years. You know, they're not going to want to relinquish that spot. So another good test uh, of Stewart's draft right there. You know, we we passed by them on the Keen william game. We didn't really even talk about them playing Rustburg out of Class 3 uh, this previous week. But here is Lorray, who it really does matter what they do in them. And And I like what you said about their playoff positioning. Like, will it come to that when they start looking at – you know, who's hosting who later in the in potential playoff game, you know, that game could decide a lot.
0: Uh, I'm not, if they struggle against Rustburg, that Larray game not going to be really interesting to me. Like I, I would worry if draft is struggling against Rustburg, but um, yeah, I, I mean, we, we talked about, you know, if Riverhead central isn't going to be that region championship game preview, Draft is a team that wants to throw their name in the in the ring. There, Lare is definitely a team that wants to throw their name in the ring. And I know you're you're exactly right saying Lare lost a lot, but what is Stewart's draft bringing back? Stewart's draft was not good last year. So and they got they two got dug. better
1: late. I'll give them that credit. They got better late, but that's but not was what that, that playing is. a bad chin into a district? They like, expect top level play throughout the season, and that's not
0: what they've had last. year. And it's hard for me to look into that as anything other than. They're playing a bad Shenandoah district last year. The Shenandoah district was not good outside of Riverheads, if we're being perfectly honest.
1: Yeah, it, it didn't amount to much. I mean, those losses, you know, losing to at Stanton and stuff like that, that was kind of what stood out to you. But then after that, being able to turn it on, that, then that's, you know, I'll give them credit that they, they kind of turned they it on. They responded
0: to adversity, but it's – uh, again, Wills, I,
1: ben, I thought said something beating them by 17. I, I thought that said something. So,
0: I, what it the, said to the, me I mean, is the week
1: before that against Fort Defiance, they only win 10 to 7. I was going to so say, what, what it I'm
0: said thinking. to me was the Shenandoah district's not good. That's yeah. what it said to me. Like when Georgia Tech beats Virginia Tech, I don't think Georgia Tech's good. I just think that's <laughs> the ACC. Like
1: oh, We're terrible. Um, I don't know why I have to bring that up out of nowhere, man.
0: Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> um, when when we move past LeRae Stewart's draft or Western Open Wilson or Buffalo Gap East Rock, uh, we're looking at that next week. This is another one of those kind of weeks, Leland, where, you know, maybe depending on how the season goes, depends on which game is more interesting. But I do like your selection of Stanton at draft. We want to see what Stanton's got. And if Stanton is competitive coming into this game and they play Madison County, they play Rockbridge, they're going to play Central, which could be yikes. Uh, James River, which is, you know, that's a big game for, (laughs) for reasons not related to geography, uh, for Stanton, but I I think I am really interested to see what Stanton is this year. Yeah.
1: You, you gotta like how they started last year. Absolutely. When they go, when you start a season seven or no, that's great. You just don't like how they closed. They lost and their last
0: four and their quarterback is gone.
1: Yeah. And you beat draft last year. And that was probably that kind of statement win. I think that's when kind of the word of Stanton caught fire. Um, everybody kind of woke up to what they're doing. here's this team that, um, you know, has been down and then just now they beat Stewart's draft. Who's been to two state championships recently and is continually in there at the end. I, I just absolutely have this game circled. I, I, I didn't move past it really. It was just it was a good game to watch last year with Stanton taking control and leading and finding and just having that way to win that I don't hadn't seen in him previously. So I think Stras draft's going to feel a little bit of payback in that game, and that'll that'll be interesting. It's a team that Stras draft had really gotten used to beating, mm-hmm. um, had having won the three before that. So I, I think that one's the biggest one, and that starts kicking us off into you know a lot of uh, district games. I think the next week we won't we won't be talking about district game, but there's that's the bulk of the district season kind of happens from, uh, you know, week five on. And I think there's no better way to start than right there and kind of seeing where those two teams are ascending to. And we've already talked a little bit about draft, but you know, I I think this one's going to be a big time storyteller.
0: I think it is too. And the only thing that could maybe change Stanton draft from being that game of the week in week five would be if Wilson wins all three of these other games we're talking about. Oh yeah. (laughs) If they (laughs) go into that Riverheads game undefeated, uh, <laughs> look, even if I don't think they're going to win, it's still going to be the most interesting game just to see how far apart Riverheads is from Wilson Memorial.
1: We have so much. I mean, we're going to talk about Wilson. I have them three more times. I have Riverheads two more times. and probably could talk about them three more times. I, that's why I didn't have it here. Just cause mm-hmm. I, I don't see that being an undefeated on undefeated I, matchup. I, I don't and, either. And, and even if it's only one loss between the two teams, I'd still be kind of surprised. So uh, to a degree, to a degree, I don't want to limit. I think it's very
0: realistic that both teams have a loss going into that game.
1: Yeah, I think there are two or more losses between them. So now where are we looking and, and maybe even then it'll still be the biggest game. But I, I, I don't know. I, I think it was time to talk about Stanton and draft. And I think within the district, this could really tell what these two teams are doing. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good one.
0: All right. So talking about week six, we've got Christiansburg Riverheads. This is yeah. at Riverheads. This is a massive Massive game because this is kind of what replaces Lord Boddetot on the schedule. This is another pretty, pretty good program in Class Three. Maybe not quite the prestige recently of Lord Botatot, but it's sure. up there. It's it's they're I'm good gonna... more years than not at Christiansburg, and I'm interested to see what this Blue Devils team brings into Greenville.
1: Well, in the very least, they're coming off a, a state semifinal mm-hmm. loss last year to Heritage. Um, so, you know, we know how loaded that is. I mean, all I just said was heritage, and that tells you what level that they were at last year. And 10 and four season, that's after a 10 and two season. That coach has them going down there in Christiansburg. And, and then we don't need to talk about Riverheads. We know what Riverheads is. So they're going to take their shot against Riverheads. They are not going to get. Surprised by Riverheads, they're gonna know what Riverheads is capable of doing because they just saw two years ago what they did at Lord Botata, and they know you know the hype that was going into last year when Lord Botata won that game. You know they're not gonna roll into Riverheads thinking, "Oh, we're just gonna trounce this you know Class One team." One, it's they're not a Class One team anymore; they're Class Two, but they've proven themselves to be able to beat great Class Three teams and. You know, whether Christiansburg is great or not this year, that's still a monster game in week six. And, and that's the biggest game by far. And, and you know, I know we talk about what can change and this and that. Sure. Um, you know, but that that's going to be a highlighted game no matter what happens between now and then.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, we've been giving uh, uh, B options for everybody each week. Um, my B option here is at the opposite end of the spectrum, I guess, in terms of how we've been picking these games. I think Waynesboro Fort defiance is going to be interesting in the fact that that might be the only win for one of those teams in the district
1: for for pessimistic Joe. Yes, that that is probably a huge game. I have a different uh, ism to me here. And that's why I have a Waynesboro game later in the schedule uh, and a fort game later in schedule and not against each other. So uh, but yeah, this is probably the more likely bigger game between Fort defiance and, and Waynesboro because you could be looking at minimal win seasons for either program. Cause that's what we've seen out of those two programs in recent years. Mm-hmm. So this could be a decider of, of who, you know, is, is getting off the mat or, you know, at least adding on to another win, something like that. But I mean, it's as much as I'd like to be talking in week eight or week 11 about what these two teams could be playing for. It's very likely that th- that game against you two will uh, kind of have more impact than what I'm going to, what I'm going to make up as the optimistic way of looking at things.
0: No, oh, I mean, I just think, <laughs> I think those are the the two teams at the bottom of the Shandoah district this year. And by rule, one of them's got to win. So yeah. it, it'll be interesting yeah. to see which one um, week seven. I, I don't disagree with your pick here. Um, and it gets real hard to kind of argue against it. When, when you look at the other games on the slate, right? It, it's gap Wilson and it's gap Wilson because we're talking about Wilson's season a lot here. They've got yeah. an extremely difficult schedule. This game for Buffalo Gap, I, for Buffalo Gap, it's not as big. But for Wilson, it's going to be big in the sense that, like we were talking about earlier, they want home playoff games in that first round. Yeah. So to get that, you got to beat Buffalo Gap. If you're Buffalo Gap, win or lose this game, you're probably going to have a home playoff game, and you can win Region 1B uh, pretty easily. I mean, there's not going to be too many games where I look at, and if Buffalo Gap loses a regular season game, Um, okay, let me rephrase that. So long as they don't have a surprise loss to like Fort or Waynesboro. Man, uh, depending on what Stanton is this year, even a loss to Stanton, I'm not going to ring alarm bells. Just because 1B is not good. 1B is... I I mean, there are, there are Shenandoah district teams that I think could send the backups out and win region one B. So I I don't, I'm not for Buffalo gap. Their interest level in this game is more of, do we have a shot at a class one state championship? Maybe for Wilson it's can we get a home game?
1: Playing a strong Wilson team could kind of give that kind of confidence of, oh yeah, we are, we are for real or something like Mm -hmm. that. And, and not to debate gap for too much too long here, but I will say Gap did have to go on the road last year to central Lunenburg and, and they would have liked not to have done that. And they did not play their best game when they went down there. I am sure they're going to want to secure home games. And, and I do think they're going to care about racking up regular season wins just so they don't have to travel. Cause it's not good as those teams get down there in region one B Go in there and play in and on the other side of the state and stuff isn't the most fun thing to do in November. So I I, I do think they'll want to have those wins and they will care. And I think they'll come into this Wilson game wanting that win and those power points that a beating a class three C team can do for you. And hopefully Wilson has some good wins, hopefully on a lot of different fronts. We're hoping Wilson has a lot of wins coming in that game. So I think they'll be fired up to play that rivalry game between each other. You know, gaps one, seven uh, or five of the last seven um, matchups between mm-hmm. these two teams. Um, but not last year. And last year we gave gap a pretty good chance in that game. And this was one of those games where Wilson kind of said, Hey, no, we're for real here. They, they went out and beat the pants off gap 42 to 20. So, you know, in that rivalry between those two games and how much fun games they've had between each other, I I think this is kind of destined to be another one this year, you know, not even worried about one team being class one and one team being class three and where teams want to go in the postseason. I I think it's going to be a great matchup then. And it's going to mean a lot to both teams
0: yeah just probably. the negative
1: for gap means less I, I do acknowledge that
0: yeah <laughs> um so because we've been doing this uh, you know a, a secondary game who secondary game gets hard
1: yeah um
0: i, I, I guess i guess for, i bet you for, i bet
1: you by the time we get there there's a great secondary game. I bet you by the time we get there, there's gonna be another mm. highlight game. Just things are gonna one team's gonna be a little bit different than we expect. And that's gonna kind of create the uh, you know, maybe Stanton's, you know, kind of rolling by that time. Maybe they've only lost to Wilson and um, you know, something like or excuse me. Maybe Stanton's pretty good then. Maybe it only lost to Wilson. Yeah, maybe beat Shraft again or, you know, something like that. And they're kind of rolling. Beat maybe central? that's more interesting. that central woodstock game is gonna to be tough for them. I don't know. I I just think there's a chance we have a secondary game. Right now, looking on paper we don't.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm saying
1: Draft Fort and Draft
0: Fort. That's not a good good. game. But it it was a close game last year, wasn't it? So who knows? Yeah. Um week (laughs) Week eight.
1: If it's close again, then you're gonna be Pounding
0: the Shenandoah district again this year <laughs> yes week eight I've got a different game than you I've got you should. you should I've got yeah I I don't want to be mean before the season starts um <laughs> I'm some people might have already said I failed but I'm trying um Who you got week eight? week eight I'm gonna take gap riverheads because I think this is a it's a rivalry yeah. game this is the game that kind of like the Wilson game for gap riverheads is the team that plows through region one B no troubles. So if that's the goal for Buffalo gap, kind of would be nice to see where you stack up against a team that's used to doing that.
1: Yeah. I,
0: my only hesitation I, this on this. Is, and, and again, I picked this because I think it's going to be the, the quote unquote best game. When we get to that point in the season, looking at my other options here, I was
1: going to hope there's some VCU volleyball this night.
0: Yeah, I, I'm telling you, this will be VCU fall, and I will be like, oh, I don't know, man. I got Richmond's calling my name, but um, this is, yeah, this is not a great week. My only hesitation is, I don't think I've seen a Buffalo Gap Riverheads game be decided within 28 points, and it's probably larger than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, last year was 27-7, but that, I mean, the, you know, three score games, all of them for a while now. 16 straight Riverheads has beat Buffalo Gap oh. uh, since 2008 was the last time. Gap one. I yeah, um, I, I just wanted to not pick Riverheads because I know I was going to pick them somewhere else, and I feel like I always just beat Riverheads' drum. So that's why I wasn't picking that game. I know when we get to that week on the radio and this podcast, I'll talk it up and what it means and this and that. But, yeah, let's talking on paper. I just can't do it right now. Uh, what I tried to work up, what I can imagine, is what if Fort Defiance, with all this young talent that they had last year and they got, uh, you know – their three wins last year, which was an uptick for what they've been doing. What if it starts paying off this year? I mean, there is winnable games in the front side of their schedule with Allegheny, Broadway, Madison, Waynesboro, all before this game against Wilson in week eight. So if they've won all those and maybe surprised us in another, that is going to raise the height in this game. And I know they always have this as the first responders game. This game always gets hyped kind of more than it is. Um, and I think Wilson's been doing the primary winning these games and these matchups, but I could imagine that one getting good um, matchup before we get there. Um, but that's just because I didn't want to pick Riverheads gap because I don't want to pick Riverheads in another game. I don't know where else to look, but that, I mean, if Ford season is a lot better than we think it, we would just assume it is is. They're acknowledging they have these winnable games in the front side of their schedule. That would, that would make this game better.
0: Yes. If the scenario you described comes to fruition, yes.
1: I named four winnable games for a team that had three wins last year. If they're improving on their win mark, I mean, that that makes this game interesting.
0: I guess, to put it nicely, how you feel about Miami is kind of how I feel about Ford Defiance at this point. I just need to see it. I haven't seen it. I've seen them win more games than we think, but I haven't seen them be good. Dude,
1: I mean, when... Last time they made the playoffs was like o two or something o three maybe somewhere in there. So I'm saying, like I need to see yeah, it. It's been a while. I need yeah, to see it. You do
0: week nine. You do.
1: You said this about Gap one time, and then you did kind of see see a degree. I've always say Gap wins one more game than they should, and you you kind of seen that. Um, heck, you said about Stewart Straff when you came in with radio coverage in our area, and they definitely showed you. So uh, now it's now sports turn. I uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in that. But yeah, yeah. Here we go.
0: <laughs> yep. Week 9 uh, This is where you're going to beat your Riverheads drum uh, It's Stewart's Draft, it's Riverheads It's probably the Shenandoah District de facto championship game As it has been for many a year um, I don't have to say anything about
1: this game You you can talk about the secondary game I don't, It's Stewart's Draft, Riverheads, you don't have to say anything It's been the best game in the district for uh, How long now?
0: Great, so we don't have to say anything So let's go to the B no. game uh, The B game would be, I guess, Stanton-Buffalo Gap Yeah Unless I think, I think that to to channel your ford defiance optimism waynesboro bounces back to kind of what we thought they might be last year and they're having a good season
1: until later joe i'm saving this argument later
0: (laughs) okay well i know you are but i'm going to use mine now because maybe that game against wilson means something but it's probably buffalo gap Stanton. um week 10 i I like your week 10
1: uh Buffalo Gap won that game 22 to 17 last year. That was a crazy good game. So, I, I, I it was an
0: incredibly good game. Yes. I like your, your pick. Um, week 10, I like your pick here of draft Wilson. I think this is, this is, if Riverhead's draft is like our de facto driver's seat into a district game, then all of, let's say Riverhead's wins, right? Which I don't, no offense to our draft fans, I don't think that's that big of a leap. Uh, then draft Wilson becomes the de facto silver medal game. Like, (laughs) so, because I think Wilson is probably, probably the third best team in the Shandua district coming in. Um, Buffalo Cat, maybe, maybe Wilson.
1: Yeah, I think for a district that had a lot to figure out about itself last year. um, Yeah, I think, I think things could get crazy in there. I,
0: you know, I, I, at some point, I will say this: I think from two on down, throw a name in a hat and pick a pick a name out. Like you could convince me of a whole bunch of teams as long as you take Waynesboro and Fort Defiance out of that hat. You could convince me. Yeah, sure. Maybe Stanton gets taken out of that hat too. Maybe it's Buffalo Gap, Wilson, and Draft. Maybe that's the three names in a hat that you throw in, and you pick one out and you're and you say, Joe, this is why this team will finish second. I, I could see it.
1: My my optimism about Stanton is that their head coach having Yeah, that's coach, he, that's really the optimism.
0: That's the optimism. Really I, I agree with program. that. If you it, yeah, yeah, you know what? Throw their name back in the hat. If you want to tell me Mikey yes. Bell is a yeah. good enough coach to coach those kids up and build on the yeah. success they had last year, which was a surprise. We weren't expecting to see that no. kind of record out of Stanton. And we said, even at the end of the year, we were like, "Man, we feel weird complaining about a 7 and 4 end of the season here for Stanton after they lost their final three regular season games and then their playoff game. But given to what we were going in, we were like maybe five and five. So to get seven wins, we should have been like, wow, this is amazing. It's just, it's all about narrative and and how you finish. But yes. So that's a good point. If, if coach bell can build on that success. Yes. Stanton could be thrown back in that hat. Um, I, I do think their ceiling is probably a third, um, which is why I, I get a little nervous saying sure for a second. Um, and, and I just see those other three teams is someone could finish second. Someone could finish fifth. Someone could finish, you know, well, fifth. That's as low <laughs> as I see am going. But that's, that's kind of where I could see any of those three teams in Buffalo gap draft Wilson finishing anywhere from second to fifth. Yeah. So do we have a B the, game for week 10
1: uh, for week 10? um
0: stanton fort
1: probably yeah that's always a good rivalry game and if if you know the magic of fort is going here we if we brought them up the last two weeks we might as well bring them up here too so but move into the last week this is where i pay off on on leland's internal optimism i will preface this with the final week schedule is terrible (laughs) it's just not good and while we should talk about Fort defiance and buffalo gap We've talked about for the last three weeks. I'm going to talk about Waynesboro-Stanton and that rivalry and those two cities inside the account lines of Augusta County and what that game means. And they're the teams that threw on an extra game uh, back in the spring of 2020 just so they could get it the games in against each other. It's a 1-9 Waynesboro team that I just wanted to talk about at some point who is hoping that the influx of students into their program after this team – was just down on the ropes from even existing as a program that building on that success last year, they didn't build on any success. They completely fell on their face with expectations in front of them. Have they been able to learn from that? And I don't think it's going to take till week 11 before we know that. And that's probably why this game isn't the best game of the week because I just is, is Waynesboro going to be scratching at the playoffs? It seems like they're zero wins, maybe one win, or they're on the brink of playoffs and they generally get into the playoffs when they do that because they have a usually a decent non-district schedule that allows them to get in there. But if they're anything up from what they were, is it at the line of playoffs? Are they playing for their playoff lives in the last week against that rival of Stanton? So that's why I bring that game up here. But I also remind you, it's up against Fort Defiance and Buffalo Gap, which is kind of the same old story in the last week of the season as we always get, and Riverhead's John Marshall. And I just don't think John Marshall is going to be able to Balance the basketballs on that football field. So I don't see that being a good one. So there I am. Waynesboro Stanton, week 11.
0: Yeah. I mean, B I don't even want to talk about a B game there. Um, it's just, there's no B. There. I don't really want to talk about sports. the a game, but yeah, no, the B game. Yeah. Certainly not. Um, so that is if, our if, high if, school if, football.
1: I in that position in week 11. That coach is is, is, is we'll be talking about it being him being coach of the year. So again,
0: for the second time, In three years. Um, And we'll just forget about that middle year if that happens. Um, But we know high school golf has started. Uh, We will talk more about it as the season goes on. District championship would be September 18th. Uh, unless you have something to add. I, I, I saw no, where the golf had the season started.
1: I saw Riverheads finished real well is the only thing I, I saw, which is different. They usually aren't that great in golf. So I just that's a little different. I, mm-hmm. I'm very used to Fort Fines and Wilson being at the top. So uh, I think it's going to be an interesting in, year in golf. I just don't think one of those two teams – I don't think those two teams are just going to run off by themselves at the top. So I, I think that's going to be interesting and probably worth us following a bit more to get a third team kind of involved in the top of that district.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about why, well, one of the reasons my energy is down uh, during this episode. I woke up (laughs) at 3 a.m. to watch us score no goals, and I almost woke up at 3 a.m. to watch us get eliminated from the Women's World Cup. Uh, Luckily, the post saved us. Uh, because the Portuguese attacker was in on goal past the defenders in the 95th minute, took a shot and it bounced off the post and went out. And luckily, we were able to get it out from there. There was also another yes, yes. corner. There was a corner earlier, uh, a few minutes earlier, that like the ball's bouncing around in the box. And I'm just sitting there going, pick it up. Like, that's the stuff that when I'm playing FIFA against my brother and the ball's bouncing around, I'm trying not to snap my controller in half when my players are screwing around and somehow the ball ends up in the back of my net. Like I I saw that happening. And luckily our goalie eventually fell on that one. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And, and then, like I said, when the other attackers barreling down in the 95th minute, and it goes off the post. So I'm just like, Holy crap. I was like, well, I'm awake Car- now.
1: Carly, Lo- Carly Lloyd said player of the game was the post.
0: She's not wrong. We didn't play well. Portugal was the better team, and that's the that's the concerning part. We haven't played well in this cup. No, some of it's been the lineup, but honestly, I didn't hate the lineup. lineup? I didn't hate the lineup against Portugal. Rose Lavelle started. Rose Lavelle picked up a yellow card pretty quickly, uh, and it won't be playing against probably Sweden, um, because that's probably who's going to win that group, and we'll have to play the group winner, Sweden. And and I just the way we've played so far. We aren't beating Sweden. So. Yeah.
1: We're the better program. We're the better
0: yes, world program. We are the game, better world program. Yeah, we
1: are playing well. And and that's what, you know, game one, we didn't really play our best. I was like, all right, well, you know, we played a different lineup and we played all these new people. Okay. But then the second game, we kind of came out with a very similar lineup and we didn't play well again. Okay. Well, we got to get it right in third game. And then third game, I think I'm more disappointed than any of the other. I, games. To me, this because, was the
0: worst game we've played.
1: Yeah, we didn't play good. I I will – the way I will phrase this is there's people on the field in the end of that game that I'm just really surprised that we're leaning on as much at this point because I think there's more talent on the roster. There's a lot of girls we have – women that we haven't seen play yet in the World Cup, and this and this is when I show up to watch. Men and women, this is when I show up to watch. I, do, I just – I'm not understanding these decisions. I'm not quick to say let's fire the coach or send him under the bridge to live in a box or anything like that yet but I just am surprised with the talent level and age that I'm seeing on the field at this point. And uh seems like some of our leaders of years past that are still leaders I've seen very little of and then and then other ones I'm seeing more of than I want to see. So I I just I'm I'm surprised
0: you and I have not talked about this. Uh no we have not I would say and I don't know the individuals you were talking about necessarily I would say some of that is age. I one in particular I, I just She's getting less playing time than we're used to seeing in World Cups, but I think that's because of age. I just she cannot go ninety minutes at a top level anymore with the players ahead of her, in my opinion. I have nothing against the player. Um but
1: Okay, then we're not talking about okay, so you saying Okay, so we just got to be. We got to be open and honest. We just got to say, I, I don't want to see, um, I don't want to see her out there as much. I don't want to see. Rapino
0: is that who we're talking about? Yeah, I'm her. Rapino Rapino her is, a is a leader. She is a spark. She's,
1: old and she's a good leader. Yeah, but, but like, she
0: is. She's just not. I, I'm sorry. She's like not when, in the
1: right place at the right times because of of mm-hmm. physicalness, not because of instinct. And instinct, she knows. She puts her head down. That's why she turns around and runs, because she knows she should have been there.
0: Yeah, and, and she's, she's a great player. Like I'm not I'm not trying to bury she her and say, a shouldn't be on the team yeah. or anything like that. She's a great player. She's a great leader in that locker room to help build. She's had a fantastic career. Will go down as one of the greatest American women's soccer players and therefore yeah, one absolutely. of the greatest American soccer players because our men's program is not very prestigious. Um, no. But, oh, Oh, here's the one
1: that I want to see more of. I thought she was was going to play more this year. And I, and she comes in at the very end of this game. And I'm like, why aren't we seeing more of her? And like, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's the two that have stuck out to me in like playing time stuff. I don't know why we're messing around and us not playing our best lineup every game. I know we got to save some legs, but man, we wish, we wish these last three games had gone differently.
0: Yeah. And to me, like, I don't know what the problem is. So I'll, I'll be frank. I, Looking at this, I don't know what the problem is because, yeah, maybe you can make some changes and use some more subs because our depth is our advantage that we have over these other countries for the most part, and we're not using it, which is kind of weird. Um, but we should also be seeing more goals. Alex Morgan straight up isn't finishing in this tournament. She has not finished very well. Sophia Smith scored two goals in that Vietnam match, had an assist, was amazing. She is an amazing player. If you look at Sophia Smith highlights from Stanford, it's phenomenal the goals she's able to score against other good competition. It's just not happening in this tournament. Trinity Rodman's another one. Really good. A lot of opportunities. We're just not seeing the ball go in the back of the net.
1: I did not know until I looked it up the other night after during game two. She is Dennis Rodman's daughter. I didn't know that. So she's got, I mean... A lineage of top-level athleticism.
0: Right. But we just, we need to see... She's
1: had to have a tough time growing up.
0: We need <laughs> to see the goals. And we're just not seeing goals. And and for the United States, I think part of this is the world is catching up. The world is catching I, up.
1: So, and so that's the point. I wanted to get to that point. I don't know if, as a whole if I'm going to say the whole world is catching up. I think the bottom is... Catching the top groups because we've seen these other upsets. We saw New Zealand beat whoever they beat. Like, I just wonder if like the spread is shrinking now. I just don't know if these other teams are so much better. Like if we play our, if we play as well as we think we should play, I still think we're the best team, but I do think these teams lower down here that are in our group here have given us a rougher time and and made us not look as good to a degree. But I do wonder now that we're going to play Sweden and some of these teams we are expecting to see up here, like, I wonder if things kind of even out a little bit, maybe we do play a little better because we're expecting this from them. Like, I just wonder if the, if the, if the lower half of the top 20 teams is kind of get catching up to the bigger group.
0: Yeah. And I don't, you know, I know Carly Lloyd said, you know, she questioned the, you know, uh, the effort that is being shown in this tournament, and I don't, I don't want to do that, but I, I will say I don't think we're playing our best. I, I no. don't think that's up for our, for debate. I if if the U.S. Women's National Team wants to tell me this is the best they can play, okay, then I I was way more confident in our ability than I should have been. I, I was, but I'm thinking this is not the best of our ability yet and whether that's uh, like i said i don't i don't want to say effort but whether that whether it's that whether it's everyone else is catching up whether it's you know just the wrong time to be in a slump i don't know but we need to see a different u.s women's national team come I, i think that's saturday saturday or
1: sunday saturday or sunday i think 10 p.m on Saturday, I think was the slot they were trying to hold for us, but now that we didn't win, no, that, no, no, I
0: think it's I, Sunday I at five. It's be
1: five a.m. on Sunday. Yeah,
0: I think it's five a.m. on Sunday. Uh, and again, that's going to be against Sweden. So I, I think come five a.m. Sunday, we better be playing much better soccer, or we're going home in the round of sixteen, which would be a colossal embarrassment for this for this team.
1: Uh and we're a pole away from already going home. So colossal it'd be less colossal than it would have been today, but it, it'll still be colossal. Yeah. Um,
0: let's, oh, how do I want to, I, I want to go. Do I don't want to talk about what you have next. I want to talk okay, about that later. Um, I want to talk mascots. It's time to talk mascots. Leland. We, we previewed this last week. People come here for the big news and it's time to talk mascots. I gotcha. Yep. Uh, you'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get serious again later. Uh <laughs> mascots uh do you want me to Let's... Go ahead. I asked for your top 5. I didn't rank my top 5 and you'll find out why later. Uh I have 6 written down so that's a,
1: I don't really have them ranked either. Okay. To a degree. I I also but have I, honorable I,
0: mentions. Okay. That was going to be my question. I have
1: one honorable. Okay. So we got are we got our 5 with an honorable mention.
0: So do you want to do, do honorable mentions first or after? Sure. First. You go first. Love it. Honorable mentions. I've got 3. I've got uh Mr. Redlegs from the Cincinnati Reds
1: okay I like his mustache yeah cool.
0: bingo I've got I and if he has a name I'm sorry I, but I think he's just called the devil the New Jersey devil's mascot okay that in the
1: Seinfeld episode the Seinfeld episode regarding the New Jersey devil's fandom and whatnot, now, that's, that's that's that that's not what why highlights it
0: that's not why it's this. this is sports center commercial. Uh, and the sports center anchor's uh, name is escaping me now. where he gets on and goes, going up. And all he does is shake his head. No. And he just like, Ooh, and runs off the elevator. That to me was amazing. And I, forevermore. I've been like it's Jay Harris. isn't it? Yes, it is Jay Harris. I was like, Oh, yeah. I love the devil's mascot. That is so cool.
1: That highlights. I mean, that just highlights the, I mean, we've talked about that. This is sports center commercials before, but that they are so good.
0: That's one of my all-time favorites. (laughs)
1: Oh, I I think I've said it before, The Vendor Holyfield, uh, finding Charlie Steiner in there, (laughs) that's that's my highlight. That one, well, Charlie Steiner, the Y2K one.
0: Speaking of Charlie Steiner with the Y2K one, where at the end, it's just like the the Y2K happens, and if you're young and you don't know what Y2K is, Google it. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) <laughs> he's holding up the lamp at the end with his tie wrapped around his head. He goes, follow me, follow me to freedom. And then like runs off. Yes. That was great. That's an, I think, I think those two, the devil one and that one are my two favorite. Yeah.
1: I, 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 Charlie started, you throw Charlie started and it's always good. Also the soap opera one where it's like, they're hosting a soap opera, <laughs> like a round sports center. And it's like the girl's kissing somebody with like a mascot. And then she looks up and she goes, Oh, Billy. And then like Billy, the Marlin standing there <laughs> mad over in the corner. Like that's really classic too.
0: Um, and then my, um,
1: my, my, my the third alternate. I mean, yeah. It's a top five list with three alternates, but who is it?
0: This one. And, and there's a story behind this one too. You're going to roll your eyes at first. Rufus, the Ohio Bobcat. And it is only because of the story <laughs> where there was a kid who knew they were going to play Ohio State his senior year, trained to be the mascot for his senior year just so he could fight Brutus Buckeye as Rufus the Bobcat. I love that. that. That's awesome.
1: You do have to appreciate that. All right, I'll get into my... List and start with my one honorable mention. It's a singular thing. I do want to say though, I didn't talk about the Hokey Bird here because he's my obvious number one, and I just didn't think that was like worth building up to. Oh, okay. I, I assume he's not on your list either because we just we love our Hokey Bird. But we
0: you just, would we assume have. wrong, okay?
1: Oh, you're going to talk about him, okay? <laughs> well, he's my number one forever, and I'm never going to say anybody's better than him. So this entire list is bes- behind the Hokey Bird. Uh, one of those people is my honorable mention, the Wisconsin Badger. I think that thing has a lot of attitude badgers oh bucky badger how evil they are and there's a great new girl episode uh before, right when they're about to jump shark where uh winston had gone to wisconsin and then gone play professional basketball in lithuania but he uh he loves the wisconsin badger and he's going to any like they have him at the hotel the wedding's happening at he gets the badger loose and lets it loose in the air ducts and then he's chasing him down it's hilarious uh so the wisconsin badger gets it because the new girl uh highlighted it
0: i didn't realize they had a live badger mascot i thought you were talking about the guy in the costume bucky badger
1: uh, i mean that's fine too uh, but i like as soon as there is reference to a live badger i'm i'm all down and maybe maybe the new girl series took it some liberties there i i don't know they did it a favor by doing it so that's why it's an honorable mention but not in that top five that isn't in in a
0: Order, so. okay top five no particular order since you already spoiled it hokey bird is on my list uh okay, for obvious po- reasons
1: yeah he's awesome
0: yeah the hokey pokey the no, represents the, Virginia hokey pokey Tech. Is the
1: last thing i reference but he's awesome
0: he is awesome um
1: the colors are good there's like the legend of what he is everybody like i think there's some coolness with a mascot where you kind of have to be like well what is that like i i I don't mind that like i I do you
0: have let me ask this do you have any locals on your list
1: um you know i left the duke dog out i like him too i like him a lot too but uh no i kind of a simple no would
0: have sufficed okay go ahead Give us one of yours
1: as positive and cheery as I seem right now. I'm, I'm, I'm not here for the attitude tonight. Uh, <laughs> probably one of the most uh, iconic mascots kind of got built up in the prime of mascots becoming a more popular thing and, and nationally recognized. And I'm not going to talk about the San Diego chicken here, but he had his time in the eighties, but the Philly fanatic is still with us. He was big in the eighties, he's big in the nineties. And I still think he has a big presence Now he gets on that four wheeler and rides around uh, the outfield. He's done some cool pranks on people. Um, you just have to watch some YouTube for it, but Philly, the fanatic is probably one of the most iconic mascots of all time. And so I have him on the list right here. He's in my top five.
0: Okay. I don't love it, but it is better than the San Diego chicken, which I thought you were going to say. I hate the San Diego chicken.
1: No, I mean, he represents a time period that uh, is what it is, but he's not top five worthy. He's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I saw him in there. Uh, The whole costume, life-size costume, or, you know, they're probably an official costume. But, no, Philly Fanatic's even better.
0: Cool. Um, You already spoiled this one, too. Uh, I'll say duke dog i went to jmu i saw duke dog get in a fight with the coastal carolina mascot uh yeah they tried to get rid of duke dog and get a new costume and uh, that lasted about a day and uh then they went back so that was cool
1: i i will tell you that if my wife actually listens to this episode which she won't so i'm not really that worried about it um i will say that we edited out the part that i talked about the duke dog in my top five so
0: uh, whatever gets you out of the doghouse, uh, <laughs> or saves a marriage, whatever, whatever it takes. Sure. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Where was I? Top five mascots. Oh no, it's your turn. Sorry. Yeah, you had the Hokey
1: Bird and JMU. So then I am uh, acknowledging after those two, obviously, uh, Smokey the dog uh, down at Tennessee. It's just. He's cool on the sidelines. He's a cool looking dog, like whatever version they have of him. I, cause I assume that's changed. Um, and then the name Smokey, it's just good for how much I don't, I don't really like Tennessee. Man, I like a lot of things that they do. Like they, they have Hinden Hooker as quarterback for a time period. Yeah. That's, that was pretty cool. But then Rocky Top and Smokey, it's just as soon as you're stepping away from what's happening between the lines, those two things are pretty superior. So, uh, yeah, I'll put Smokey in here.
0: I agree. See, it's because of, like, Smokey the dog and and Rocky Top. Like, I kind of do have a soft spot for Tennessee because of that. Now, when they play Virginia Tech, I get really quick to hating them. But outside of that, like, when it comes to SEC teams, I'm like, yeah, I kind of – I like Rocky Top. I like when they score touchdowns. Um, With Spencer Rattler at South Carolina, because South Carolina is oh, usually it gets-
1: the team kind of – the mm-hmm. anti SEC team, like I root for them instead of all those other guys. And, I, and and Shane being there makes me happy, but Rattler ruins that. Like I'm kind of at Tennessee for the minute here with Hooker there, maybe sticking around for another year and just then, then I'll worry about it.
0: Right. It's not like when UVA scores and I have to listen to the happy new year song. Like that, if that was my team's fight song, I wouldn't want to score, but I'll know
1: man last year when they beat Georgia and we're yelling it and our family and my kids are so excited. It was, it was fun. It's good.
0: Alabama. They very much did not beat Georgia.
1: Oh yeah, Alabama. Sorry. I said they're on red team of the S of the SEC.
0: Yeah. My bad.
1: Um, I think we were excited about the Georgia game, though, but it just didn't pan out. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Uh we were excited right, so for I, about five minutes.
1: <laughs> Georgia said, so now I'm on the one that I felt like was the kind of the the coolest when I was a kid. And my prime in the nineties, the NBA was getting popular and, mm. and hot, and there was all star games. And I remember this this mascot always being a big part of it is that gorilla from the sun. And if he has a name, (sighs) I just don't know it, but man, he's awesome. And just jumping in from trampolines, getting dropped from the ceiling, just always doing the coolest stuff. And he just seemed like he was the coolest, hottest mascot. When I was at the impressionable age of understanding the role of mascots. So the sun's gorilla
0: is there in my top five. I agree with this one. This one's much better too. I like this one much better than Philly fanatic. Um, for me, I'm going to stick college before I go to my pro mascots. I got one more college, and again, uh, this is, you know, just because I love them and it has nothing to do with who signs my checks. Uh, Rodney the Ram, VCU, uh, great dude, always high fives in the booth when he's in there. so
1: say super Homer pick, dude.
0: <laughs> That's why I'm here, right?
1: <laughs> I love it. I love that you've bought into it.. Um, but, yeah, it's a super homer pick. <laughs> 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 All right, who you next? So uh, I don't want to break that one down. I don't want to make you have
0: to have to explain it. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, next one, <laughs> also going to be a homer pick, but we're getting into the pros. And uh, I I remember watching this mascot come. Well, we would go to Camden Yards, obviously, and see him. But then he would make appearances at the Winchester Royal Games when I was a kid, too. they would have, you know, Oriole Bird Night, and he would come down and – somebody would get in that costume and pretend to be the Oriole bird. Uh, Oriole bird's awesome. If you don't like the Oriole bird, then um, I don't know. I, well, I could say some things, but I, I'm going to say something later um, in the podcast, like in the D block. And I'm trying to be this pod. The A block might be opposite of this, but I'm trying to be more positive. So
1: I haven't picked up on that yet tonight. Mm-hmm. And I like how every six months we have this from you.
0: We yeah, every six months I try and then like two weeks and I give up. But this time
1: a week after a week after Christmas in July is about the time that you should have your six month reminder. Oh, I'm gonna be more positive. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, it is after Christmas. It's like the new year, I'm gonna be more positive. And then like <sighs> Yeah. Then life happens and I'm like, you know what? Positive sucks. Um So we're gonna try to be more positive could get derailed here again soon. Um, But if you don't like the oil bird, then I think you're wrong. (laughs) Ooh,
1: a vicious takedown by Joe. All right. Who you got got next? Oh, no, no, it's my turn. It's my turn. It is your turn. Uh, All right. I got a good one here. I really like them. And it also reminds me of a more local one uh, that haunts me in my dreams. Uh, Ralphie, the buffalo. And this is restricted to the live animal, Ralphie, the buffalo, that they wrangle. Well, you know, it seems like they would have no control of the situation, really. <laughs> like, you it, and other people bring in like this longhorn, and you see other animals. And it just seems like very controlled. This buffalo is just like running full speed down the middle of the field. And there's people on each side of them. And they're like, oh, my goodness, do we even have like you think this could be the end of times for anybody that this animal gets near. And so I love it. I love the fear that he brings in a pregame ceremony. I'm sure the other team's not on the field because it has to just be an insurance nightmare for whoever is. And love it. Love Ralphie the Buffalo. I'm, I'm not sure if I like Deion Sanders with it as much. But I like Ralphie the Buffalo. It reminds me of the Buffalo Gap bison, who is a mascoted animal uh, or, or an animal-looking mascot on a human body that has those red eyes that stare at you from across the field. And it it's just it still gets me nude. It still gets me. And so it reminds me of that. I like the Buffalo.
0: To be fair. I think that's our only choice for local mascot. uh, If memory serves. There was
1: (laughs) a local incident. I think before you got here where there was a Riverheads gladiator and apparently uh,
0: there was need to
1: suspend uh, the efforts of that costume going out in public. So that was another choice at one time. Uh, But those two only recently. Yes.
0: That. So by default, it would be number one, but I would also rank it number one, even if there was another option, just out of fear, no, those, um, eyes. those, those eyes. red eyes. I'm telling you, they're the fact still that
1: staring at us, I can still feel, like I, still him. I still see them.
0: I still see them in my sleep. Like, honestly, if Buffalo gap wants to win more games,
1: have that Buffalo, that, when, in the end
0: that, have him standing in the other end zone that the other <laughs> offense is trying to score in. Cause let me tell you, they're gonna be like, you know what? We'll punt like,
1: yeah, you see the principal standing down there in the end zone all jibber I Just had the buffalo just standing there with his arms crossed. Right? Yeah, at the goal post. doesn't even
0: have to be doing anything. Just standing there next just to the goalpost with, his red, with his red eyes. I'm telling you, nobody will run at that thing. Um, but yeah, you were talking and you clarified the live mascot. I'm noticing that's a difference in ours. I went all costume mascots. You took some live I took, mascots. I took, I got in here. I, I,
1: yeah, I, that's I, I fine. But also, Every you don't have here. to
0: say Ralphie. Uh, the the live one, because I think the other one's name is Chip. Oh, if okay.
1: See, I didn't know this.
0: NCAA video games. Uh, The mascot games. That's how I learned a lot of the names of the mascots.
1: I, I will tell you I didn't do a lot of mascot games. I might have done one or two with some hokey birds running around, but I did not do a lot of the mascot games.
0: Yeah, they were fun. Um. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, yeah, w- when we're talking live mascots, I mean, obviously, I didn't put any of these on here, but um Bevo you mentioned Bevo that's another big one Ugga I don't mind Uga.
1: I don't mind Uga. he's fine he's I like fine. Uga.
0: um I like when they get together it, things happen it's cool Mike the Tiger scares the bejesus out of me um I Mike's cannot believe LSU. yeah I cannot believe and they're allowed that... now there is a Mike the Tiger costume and a actual Mike the Tiger um, no, I've seen
1: the actual tiger. I've been yeah. to LSU. I've been to Baton Rouge. The enclosure is is nicer than I, I don't think the they wheel the cage out anymore. Nice.
0: I don't think they wheel the cage out anymore. I cannot I have not believe. Seen the cage
1: in a long time, but they have an enclosure out yeah. out of the sta- right outside, between the basketball stadium and the football stadium. There is a tiger enclosure that rivals any zoo that you've ever seen. That's the most well cared for tiger ever. So any any PETA people that want to have a problem with it, they probably live better. That tiger lives better than you do it is a very it's intimidating just seeing the enclosure for this tiger it's unbelievable
0: yeah the cage i was surprised was ever allowed to be a thing that was wheeled out on a sideline well
1: didn't they have it at louisa uh, didn't you tell me at louisa or something they did that
0: it wasn't a tiger it might have been a mountain lion
1: they had oh my goodness still how'd they get that mountain lion
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 i'm trying to think back i know that i remember they had a fire breathing metal lion that they made that they put uh, in one of their end zones one. i don't they think the they lions. had a live they one yeah i don't think they had a live one when when shirando went to play them but they had people jumping out of planes with game dude balls i'm and seeing everywhere. pictures
1: and video yeah.
0: Okay, maybe they did, and I just we walked past it and I, we didn't see it. I don't know. That's
1: I thought that was part of your story. I thought that was part of the thing, but I, uh, I mean, that's
0: fine. Man, maybe I've forgotten about it because I just don't. This is 2013. I Want to think about that? that would have been a little after me, but that would have meant they had him when we were there, yeah. probably. Yeah. Good lord, that's insane. Um, He's there.
1: He seems pretty chill there, but I mean, maybe not at all times.
0: My number one is Poe. Um I think it's a clever name oh my goodness he's, he's actually a
1: homerist. this entire list is Homer <laughs> that's why I did I honorable call, mentions
0: that's why I did I honorable mentions crap. um I, I wanted to do ones that weren't local um all mines were Homer uh, it's fair um but I call
1: crap I went I got on a national scale, I could have I said slapshot
0: too slapshot's probably better than Poe but that's another Homer that's the caps. You know who I'm not gonna pick? Screech. I hope Screech gets hit by a line drive. Ah, damn it! There goes the. I've
1: not enjoyed your list at all. Mr. (laughs) Met's my number one. I think he's the most iconic. Oh, he is so. Baseball mascot, and what really brings him together is that he has the family. He has Mrs. Met. You gotta love that. You gotta love the culture that they're having in New York City, uh, at the Mets. (laughs) I can't even get through it without laughing. (laughs) But Mr. Met is good, and he has a song just about him and uh i just i don't know he shows up in espn commercials as we've already talked about in great ways like he's a dude and i i like mr met i like that he has you know settled down and had the family uh he's just a consistently top of the line mascot had to have him here even ahead of the philly fanatic not even for dan didn't even think about dan once when i made the selection mr met deserves all the respect
0: i don't think he's as cool as mr redlegs so that's, that's the end of that. And he's there is a Mrs. There is a Mrs. Redlegs too. No,
1: no, no, That's the thing though. Mr. Matt represents me to a degree. They're not my team, but like, you know, he's married and settled down. There's a Mrs. The Redlegs.
0: Thing.
1: That Mr. Redleg is there. Yeah. He's, he seems like with that mustache, he seems like he's out, you know, on the streets of Cincinnati looking. I like, he seems like a bad. Nah,
0: there's type. a Mrs. Redlegs.
1: He seems like a bachelor type. I, I I get a different vibe from him. I don't know. I don't might not like what he's doing on the side there. Mr. Rutlegs. I think he might, he might be running around too much.
0: I don't know. But speaking of Mrs. Versions of mascots, it brings up an interesting point. I, I don't know if you know this. There is a Mrs. Demon Deacon. Oh, okay. I went to a wake forest. I had a buddy who went to wake forest and we went down one weekend to watch them play Miami. And, they do like a walk thing like every other team does. Um, and their mascot was part of it. And then there was a Mrs. Demon Deacon walking with him. And I was like, who the hell is that? And he was like, that's Mrs. Demon Deacon. And I was like, I did not know that was a thing. NC State's another one in the ACC that comes to mind that does that.
1: I call foul. I call that You're wrong. I went to the MLB.com slash red stop slash fans slash mascots. Reds have too many mascots here, which is a problem in its own. But they have Gapper who we don't need to talk about. Then they have Mr. Redlegs with his mustache. I like him. Mm -hmm. Then they have Mr. Red, who is very similar to Mr. Redlegs, but without the mustache, without the old-timey hat. And then there is Rosie Red, who looks just like Mr. Red. Oh, is Rosie... Okay, so Rosie's with Mr. Red.
0: All right, okay, my bad. So
1: I, Mr. Redlegs, and I'm not saying there wasn't a time. There's not a time for Mr. Redlegs in everybody's life. But I, I just with Mr. Met, I'm with the, the family atmosphere that Mr. Met brings.
0: I don't know. Maybe I'm still living the Mr. Redlegs life. And that's why. Um, just without the crazy mustache. Maybe. Maybe that's why I'm single. Uh, I'll just grow out the crazy mustache. That'll definitely fix that. Um, Do it. <laughs> No. Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean if we're if we're talking non-local mascots, which I assume was probably your assumption when we I digits, did.
1: You didn't. I've already I, done yeah, that. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. You
0: that. did the right thing.
1: Yeah. Um that's bull crap.
0: I, I was like prepared
1: for this. Well, you just named your favorite teams.
0: I did. Well, they got mascots. They're cool. Bull um
1: crap. you sat there and and you're like, oh, uh, Rodney the Ram. That's good. Yep, yep, Rodney the Ram.
0: Rodney the Ram's cool. Uh don't you badmouth Rodney. <laughs> um <laughs>
1: i take the flying squirrel over Rodney the Ram.
0: Oh, nutsy. Nutsy. And he has a wife, Natasha. He would. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that's not where I thought you were gonna go. But okay, um, let's see. Do we have anything else? Let's we're move done on for the listener. Yep, we're done before you get us in trouble and get us canceled. Yep. Um, Can Blog. That's where I thought you were going. Um, gosh, Leland, you've been you gone away a while.
1: I have. I was only gone on like a three day camping trip, but I can't remember the last time I was out without Sporting News for, like, uh, it wasn't a full, I'd say 36 hours. I was away from contact of any human life outside of the people around me for 36 hours. what I miss?
0: Ooh. So what you missed was, and let's, I, I guess, Sunday was when you started going out of commission, right? Yes. So yes. let's talk yes. about Sunday Night Baseball. There was a certain team on. Sunday Night Baseball playing the great Satan. Um, and it was the true heroes of baseball this season, the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, and they went up 7-0 in the first inning. Ooh-wee. And from that moment on, it was ESPN begging people to stay. Just, <laughs> hey, the Yankees, you know, they can put up some runs. You know, don't sleep on the Yankees. And I was like, the last place Yankees, are that is that the Yankees we're talking about? and just singing the Yankees' praises, how good they are, how they can turn it around, don't give up on this team just yet, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, so that was the first inning. So it went from just, and that comes across as what already, as an Orioles fan, I am sensitive to when we're on national TV, which is immediately not talking about the Orioles and talking about the Yankees or Red Sox um sure. so but i was like you know what i get it they don't want me to change the channel no worries i'm not changing the channel i'm loving every bit of this i could watch <laughs> this on loop um i hope we score seven runs every inning um but we're we're pounding them then the yankees scored like two runs and espn's like oh here they come here come the Yan-. i was like i'm not even scared um <laughs> grayson rodriguez is having his best outing of the season like i'm not even scared uh, and so, <laughs> and Aaron judge isn't in the lineup Sunday night. Um, and they're talking to Aaron Boone and he's like, well, you know, he didn't have a rehab assignment. So, you know, this is kind of his rehab assignment where we're just trying to build him up and not push him too, too many innings too quickly. And I was like, which is the case for just doing the rehab assignment. Like, this is a bad way to do it. You're, you're in a wild card playoff race. <laughs> Your solution is the only guy in our lineup that can hit. We're not going to play him. I'm like, cool. Well, good thing you didn't start the game spotting us seven runs or anything. Oh, wait. Um, so that was like when ESPN's like, oh, this team can score seven runs real quick. And I was like, not with this lineup. Um, so I was loving that. And then, which gets me to, you know, one of the things on old Joe, when Buster Olney started talking, cause immediately without surprise, Buster Olney is, um, on the Sunday night baseball broadcast. And they're asking him first about the trade deadline. And he's like, well, you know, like Justin Verlander makes a lot of sense, uh, for the Orioles to go get, um, I want to be clear. Uh, I don't have any sources saying that's going to happen, but it's just, you know, a, a thing that would make sense. He goes, Um, And a lot of other team GMs aren't expecting the Orioles to make some big splashy move at the deadline to which to me also came across as I don't have any sources in the Orioles clubhouse to which I was kind of like, well, I can kind of figure out why Um, you kind of don't go on a social media scorched earth tour two years ago, talking about how we're the worst thing for baseball and then get sources in the clubhouse that want to talk to you. Um, Honestly, I wish, Part of me was rooting for Adley Rushman to, like, cold shoulder him. Um, But he didn't because he's a professional. Um, And old Joe would have said... uh, Because then, uh, I I should say before I go into that, after talking about trade deadline stuff, he immediately goes into the Mike Musina stuff as Adley Rushman is hitting. And he's like, you know, I just think, you know, Mike Musina... You know, was an Oriole great pitcher and really should have his number retired and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, you know, man, like, get over it, dude. And he even says, when I was working at the Baltimore Sun, you know, I I know Peter Angelos really didn't like when Mike Mussina went to the Yankees. It was a really, there are a lot of hard feelings there, and I guess that they still exist. And I was like, okay, obviously, yes. Also, the Orioles do have a rule. All the numbers that have been retired by the Baltimore Orioles are people who went into the Hall of Fame as Baltimore Orioles. End of story. Mike Mussina chose not to. That's fine. That's his choice. But if you don't choose to go in as a Baltimore Oriole, there is a 0% chance with this family, especially in charge, you're going to get your number retired. That's just what it is. We're not the Yankees. We don't retire Paul O'Neill's number. We don't do that. The Yankees want to retire Paul O'Neill's number? Cool. Paul O'Neill played for the Orioles? No, he played for the Yankees, and they retired his number. He played eight seasons, and they retired yeah. his number. Yeah.
1: Okay. You just confused me there for a second. I I, for a, I said know, we're not the immaculate, Yankees
0: for immaculate
1: grid. I no, wanted, no, no, no. No. Why I said, would I retire his number if he never played for
0: you. Yeah. I was like, no, we're not the Yankees. We're not going to retire people just to retire their number. Like yeah, that's why when know. people are like, oh, the Orioles should retire Adam Jones' number, I'm like, look, there is a strict rule. Adam Jones' number is not getting retired. Adam Jones is not going to be an MLB Hall of Famer. Wish he was. Yeah. But he's not. Just not good enough. Um, Manny Machado probably won't have his number retired because if, you know, assuming his career keeps going the way it is and he does get in the Hall of Fame, probably not going to pick the Orioles. Um, but yeah, so like that's that's the end-all be-all discussion on it. And also, like Mike Mussina is one of the best pitchers we've probably ever had in our entire franchise history. But should Adley Rushman continue on the trajectory he is, I think he might be the one of, if not the best player in the history of our entire franchise, which is saying something, because we've got Eddie Murray, we've got Cal, we've got Brooks, we've got some really great legends, but Adley Rushman is doing things that are just amazing with this team, and the, the change we have seen just from him being called up to what this team was before he got called up, to what they've been since he got called up, is astounding. So, Adley Rushman wants to wear 35, that's fine. If Adley Rushman tomorrow said, I want to wear number eight, I would be a little more hesitant. But at the end of the day, I'd be like, you know what, if it keeps him in Baltimore, let, let him do it, I don't care. Um. And old Joe, when Buster Only was saying this, old Joe would have said, I hope someone stuffs that guy in a locker. Like, I can't stand Buster only. But new, but Joel, new Joe,
1: because it's August 1st.
0: Yep. New Joe post-trade deadline. Um, new Joe. Um, I just feel bad for Buster Only. He obviously has this hate in his heart. And, you know, somebody made fun of him when he was at the Baltimore Sun and hurt his feelings. And he's just never gotten over it. And maybe it was Peter Angelos. In which case, Buster Only and I would agree on that. Like, I don't like Peter Angelos. Uh, but I will say if Peter Angelos hasn't forgiven Mike Musina, I That's another guy I constantly bash on in this podcast. If Peter Angelos hasn't forgiven Mike Musina for going to the New York Yankees, guess what? Neither have I. Me and Peter Angelos, simpatico on that. I agree with Peter Angelos on that. Um, that's probably the only – I don't know that much about Peter Angelos. That might be one of the few well, things I no, I mean, I asked is. to
1: come see your financial records, and I've never been invited to see them, so –
0: Yep, that's true i'm not gonna show you my financial records um <laughs> it would be a quick show um, i also don't think
1: you're moving to nashville either so
0: oh uh, stadium <laughs> lease hasn't been signed as of today which made its way around social media too which oh boy um not going to nashville new joe will die if the baltimore orioles do leave baltimore they're not going um But yeah, like honestly, like with Buster Olney, the song came on and I was like, you know what, man, this song I was while I was on my Spotify shop when I was like, this is the perfect song. That the Baltimore Orioles should play every time Buster Olney walks onto the field at Camden Yards and it's Bonnie Raitt's I Can't Make You Love Me like. (laughs) I don't know who heard Buster Olney. In the Baltimore Orioles organization. But he hates us. And he's always going to hate us. And you know what? New Joe's like, whatever, dude. You're not invited to the parade, but whatever.
1: All right. So. Oh, yeah. That was Sunday.
0: Gosh. What a long.
1: What did they do? What was the series numbers?
0: Uh, we won. We won the series two to one. Yeah. Okay, we good. won Friday, lost Saturday, won Sunday, which meant we won the season series, which meant that was the other thing. ESPN's like, "Oh, this is big because you know, if the Yankees were to come back, you know, this could determine who hosts a one-game playoff if it comes to that between these two teams." I was like, "If we're in a one-game playoff with the Yankees for a playoff spot, something has gone terribly wrong." Yeah, uh, but uh, so what else I missed? What else you missed is unlike the United States, which barely, <laughs> which barely <laughs> qualified for the World Cup. <laughs> This is awful for the podcast audience, but I just saw a note. Um, But what is, unlike the U.S., which made it by a post, uh, Canada did not make it to the knockout round. They got sent back to the smoke-filled haven of Canada. Uh, So their trip in the Women's World Cup is done. Uh, Nigeria beating them was the big catalyst for that. That was a pretty insane match. Um, Just watching Nigeria knock them off. And that was before you left. But Canada. No,
1: I knew that
0: yeah, Canada did not do enough in their last match to qualify. So they are out. Um they join a host of countries that have been upset. Colombia upset Germany yeah. in a pretty big upset yeah. in the women's world cup. Um, I referenced this earlier, yeah. Yeah. A lot of cool, cool things going on. Um I think the bottom is moving up. Oh man, I think you did Good. something and you type, you got rid of my notes on the other stuff I had here.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll undo it. I'll undo it.
0: When you typed, I didn't know you had notes. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Okay. I got it. Um, so let's see. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, Eduardo Rodriguez. This was today. Uh, cause I know you were like busy with other stuff and probably weren't too in tune with the MLB trade deadline going on. No. Um,
1: and that was a drawback. Yep.
0: Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, in maybe the most surprising move of the day, vetoed. He was a, He's a Tiger. He was traded to the L.A. Dodgers, but he vetoed the trade. Wow. He did not want to go to the Los Angeles Dodgers. I don't know why. Oh. It was one of the teams on his 10-team no-trade clause, and when they said, hey, will you waive this? He said, no. So well, he is not going to the L.A. Dodgers.
1: People have their reasons. It'll be interesting if it ever comes out what it is. I You know, you hear the... You hear a story about King Griffey Jr., how he never would have played for the Yankees because of how his dad got treated there and stuff or how they, yeah. including him, got to be there. Like, you never know what's what's happened with him in that organization at one time or another. I don't know his history, but that's that's interesting.
0: Huh. And then the other bit of news. Um, Rich, I, I, Rich
1: Hill yeah. from the Pirates, he went to, like, his 13th team or whatever it is. He's, yeah. like, one away from the record.
0: Him and Ricky Henderson are, like, evergreen, immaculate grids. Um, but the other bit of news that honestly, uh, I almost good Joe almost didn't survive this podcast to the, to the making of this podcast (laughs) because it was dark times in the Orioles kingdom for a vast portion of today. And then in the last 10 minutes, the Orioles make a deal to bring in a much needed starter. Uh, Jack Flaherty traded to the Orioles. Okay. uh, From the Cardinals is a good get for us. It very much improves our rotation. He's not, Verlander, he's not Scherzer. Uh, yeah, but he also didn't have their contracts, right? He doesn't have their contracts, and we didn't have to give up somebody that we would have had to give up to get a Verlander or a Scherzer. So, uh, we gave up um Cesar Prieto, uh, who is a Cuban infielder prospect that we have. Um, I mean, we have tons of infield prospects that are higher, higher rated than him, so I was like, all right, well, see ya. Um Come on down, Jack Flaherty. Like, hopefully it works out. I'm hoping Grayson Rodriguez is good at against the Yankees as the first of many. I'm still holding my breath on him, though. And, um, yeah, I I think this helps the Orioles' rotation. Would I have loved to add another bullpen arm, too? Yes. But uh, we made a move today, which, going into the day, I told myself we absolutely need, if this is a team that is serious about winning a World Series. I still don't know if this team can win a world series come October. I will convince myself that answer is yes. Um, but I will say like your, your bet that they would make the playoffs is done and dusted. That is, I'm telling you right now that that is happening. I love it. He
1: is one and two in the playoffs. Um, that's fine. 19 and lost a game in 20. He had a good, game, good outing in 2020, but just didn't win, get the win.
0: That's fine. Yeah.
1: All right, well, I'm glad you got some kind of pitching. All right, so that's all I missed. I didn't miss much. I was really worried about missing stuff.
0: I'm trying to think. I, I'm sure I'm missing stuff that happened. Um, the
1: trick headline didn't seem – I know Scherzer and Verlander are the highlights, and that's why it was unavoidable to miss that. And plus it happened – everybody was talking about it today while I was back. Um,
0: oh, Aaron Rodgers and Sean Payton had a back and forth.
1: Yeah, I caught wind of that. I actually listened to Sirius sports radio for like five minutes on Monday. And uh, I heard a touch about that. I don't care, whatever. Um, But going back to Verlander and Scherzer, I mean, those are the big names. It's interesting. Verlander going back to Houston and they're in the playoff push and all that. So that's, that's interesting. The Rangers are playing up. So like adding, Scherzer, those are good moves for both those teams. And I, you know. I, I like them taking on those contracts for those teams. So,
0: yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. The Angels were interesting at the deadline. I thought going in, you yeah. know, about a week or two before the deadline, teams were talking about, are they going to trade Otani? Who who's Otani going to? And the answer is, Otani's not going anywhere. Yeah, and the Angels it, yeah. are adding. Um, it was the adding that I was like, you know what, I I you know if you're the Angels, sure, yeah. we're keeping Otani. We're going to keep Trout. You got you
1: to gotta tell him that you're in it.
0: Let's go so for yeah. it. Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. See if we can get in the playoffs. And if we get in the playoffs, maybe that convinces Otani that we're serious yeah. and he'll stay. Um, and yeah. right now, honestly, if you're the Angels, that's probably the best option you got. Because you yep. were never going to get a haul good enough to justify trading him.
1: Nope. No, I agree. Um, well, the reason they're dominating my life and why I needed catching up here uh, is because I went to the lake and I can't remember the last time I was out of just communication for 36 hours, like I just said a few minutes ago. But uh Dalfit State Park, it's a very nice place. I I recommend it. There's, you know, what you can get at Sherando Lake here locally with the lake and the camping, that's very nice. We've done we've done that there too. Uh I like the lake over here better. Um the beach setups a little better and the camping right lakeside is very nice. So if if anybody is um a camper, uh consider it because I, I like that place. It's only an hour away. The kids actually when I pulled off uh 81 to get on to 11 because we had to go register for elementary school uh they uh were like we're home already this is awesome so yeah i, I recommend that place so there's my singing endorsement of Dalphit state park down near clifton forge
0: i yeah you've told me that you like that place before and that's yeah. that's good i'm glad you had the time to get well, away can, yes. and Enjoy oh, I don't have
1: time to. I, I'm paying the price this afternoon <laughs> and tomorrow. Crazy. Well, I we just I scheduled this late, and then my boss scheduled a two week Mediterranean cruise that makes my camping trip sound like uh, a real hillbilly event. Um, but uh, good for him. But yeah, we have to coordinate the next two weeks of our professional lives tomorrow, so that'll be fun. So,
0: and I think uh, you had some unexpected events when you returned.
1: Yes, I, I battled some life when I got home. Yeah, we, we don't have um, to talk about that, but yeah. What I know that you need to know is just what everybody else knows that we haven't talked about since it became official because we've alluded to it needing to happen for so many years since the start of the podcast. And when it seemed like it was coming true and when it was kind of official, it was true. It's done now. The commanders are sold. They have a new ownership group. NFL's approved it. Everything's gone through. It's done. It's done. And so it's a real exciting time for that organization. And basically the reaction to all the news of everything's up in the air. Like they need a new stadium as we know, but they don't know where everybody is yelling for RFK, but they have to do what works. People are talking about the name changing again, which I think unless you change to the Washington football team, I don't think you just leave it alone, go win some games. People love it once you win. Um, I don't know. I just it's, – it's a good – it's fun to watch these Washington football fans have something positive, what they've ranted and raved for in very Joe-like ways in the last years. Uh, they finally got their way, and they finally got what they want. So now I don't know what they're going to complain about, so we'll have to find that out. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's official. It's done. I'm sure granddaddy Jeff is happy. I'm sure Cody Elliott, who's been on the podcast countless times, uh, Steve Cash, who's been on the podcast, I think some of your friends are Washington fans. Patrick yeah, it's Kite. it's a good time to be to be one of them, and, and that's good.
0: Yeah, Patrick Hyde, who we've had on the podcast. Oh, Patrick Hyde.
1: Yeah, I don't. We, I just, I'm not, not going to bring up his name. I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> I just I forgot about him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I, I'll just pick a media war. I me and me and Patrick are are uh, feuding. I guess I don't know. I just didn't think about him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh well, I just saw a post that when the sale went through. Um yeah. He's excited. That's I'm happy for him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He I mean he's the kind that I've heard say, like, I'm you know, I'm just done with this, and then like he's not. So I I appreciate that. He, he goes through the full roller coaster, a fandom of Washington football franchise.
0: I think, you know, that's a pretty good segue into what I want to do, which is different than what we usually do here. So bear with me, Leland. Um <sighs> i don't know what we usually do here well this is this is a more i don't know this is more abstract i guess um because you're okay. talking about like people saying things and then they don't really mean it um
1: yeah especially with sports fandoms sure
0: right and so this is kind of like i don't know
1: <laughs> I, oh god where are we going an
0: essay on sports fandom <laughs> for me for me um yeah as leland's already nervous this might be the last uh, no this isn't gonna be something that gets us in trouble um <laughs> this won't. Maybe something else later, but not this. Um
1: much later we got.
0: <laughs> not this week. I don't think I'm gonna get us in trouble this week. Uh unless Buster only doesn't like that old Joe would have stuffed him in a locker.
1: Buster, please stop. Don't tweet in the next 10 minutes.
0: Um but uh and I guess what brings this up, and, and well never mind, I'll get to that later. Uh for as long as I can remember, I've, I've loved sports and you know, my earliest sports memories are, are going to Virginia tech games with my grandfather and Jim Druckenmiller and Ken Oxendine or, you know, leading the Hokies down the field and scoring touchdowns against big East teams and knocking off, you know, Miami hurricanes full of NFL talent on both sides of the field, sitting down, to watch, this is not going to make you as so excited. Sitting down to watch Super Bowls with my dad when the Dallas Cowboys are beating the Steelers and the Bills, and Emmitt Smith and Troy Aikman are you know creating the America's Team persona. Watching Cal Ripken and Mike Mussina on what used to be called home team sports and the Orioles, like the last part of that run in the late '90s, mid to late '90s. Since then. You know, I, I have memories of seeing Michael Vick in his first game ever at Virginia Tech, seeing multiple games that season, including the one where they beat Boston College and punched their ticket to a national championship game. Uh, seeing losing the Dallas Cowboys fandom because of Jerry Jones and adopting a more local team that is the Baltimore Ravens and seeing them win Super Bowls. Um, Right now is like the Orioles moment of my Lifetime like this is the brightest outlook I have ever had as an Orioles fan in my lifetime. Yes, we won that division title in 2014, but that was really probably looking back at that roster should not have been a thing that happened um, and is honestly, you know, people look for signs at the end of the world. That might be one of them, um, but this team right now actually makes sense to why they're good Um I've become a Washington Capitals fan since then. I've seen them win a Stanley cup, which I never thought was going to happen after being eliminated by the Pittsburgh Penguins year after year after year. I never walk alone since becoming a Liverpool supporter and watching crazy things happen with Liverpool. I, I have always had sports there except for those, you know, few months where COVID happened. Uh, we're not going back there. Uh, I've I've gone from muting video games like NCAA Football 98 and broadcasting over my muted video mm-hmm. game like I'm doing play-by-play to actually okay. calling VCU Sports all year round and even an A-10 baseball tournament this past spring on ESPN+. And this is one of the motivating factors I guess behind it because I just needed something for this D block and I thought this is something I've been thinking on and finally just put together a little bit but welcome to Wrexham is one in particular where there was an episode where they're talking and it was honestly one of the worst episodes in the show in my opinion and I know you happen to agree it was not about the team but it was like why do why do people like sports why do guys in particular like sports And, and the theory there was oh it allows you know guys aren't allowed to have emotions and Sports is an outlet that lets them have, you know, their emotions and they don't feel guilty about it. And I don't know, maybe for some people that is it. I don't know. For me, that's not the case. I didn't grow up in that kind of household. I don't have those kind of friends. I have grown up in an environment with my family and friends that I feel comfortable expressing my emotions and, and love in words and hugs and everything else to my friends and family. So I don't think that's it. Um, And I look and yes, maybe sometimes in the grand scheme of things, I care too much about a particular July game that the Orioles are playing in and whether we win or lose. Or if the Hokies get that final touchdown they need in the fourth quarter. Did I scream at my TV way too loud at a recording of a game that had already happened earlier in the day when Liverpool overcame a 3-0 deficit against a messy led Barcelona team? And do I still look for Divac Origi goal highlights set to the tune of Titanium Music to win that match and advance in to the further into the Champions League? Yes, I still do. Um, it, do I still get way too excited when the Orioles right now make a playoff trade for Jack Flaherty? <laughs> yes. I don't know, maybe it's hearing a random stranger come up to me when I walk into sheets, saying, Go-O's, because I've got the Orioles hat on. Maybe it's jumping up and down in Lane Stadium with some of my closest friends and family singing the only Metallica song I ever care to listen to. For Virginia Tech football games, uh, there is not a time I go into that stadium And I don't think about sitting on the West side bleachers or West side stands before the end zone bleachers were built before inner Sandman, before Michael Vick. And think of sitting there with my uncle and grandfather while we listened to tech triumph play for the fifth time while the Hokies just beat the stuffing out of Rutgers. So to go back to the point, I don't know why I love sports. I just do. For the same reason people like Marvel Comics or fashion or cooking or a particular kind of music, they just do. And it's not saying that sports is all good all the time. It hurts. There are times where you get disappointed. There are, There's the off-the-field stuff that disappoints you. And we could go into that, and we, we do in other instances. I don't love when there is a scandal with one of my teams involving a player or a college program, and I don't think they handle it the right way. I hate that. It does make me question sports fandom sometimes, but I always come back. Because as as much as that is a problem, and I think there is, you know, a healthy level of caring, like when they do something heinous, I think we should care about that, and they should absolutely have to face real-life repercussions for that. And on a less serious note, it hurts when I'm going to Orioles playoff games and they get eliminated by the Kansas City Royals in the ALCS. It hurts when I'm watching Virginia Tech bang their head against the wall in another BCS game that we should win, but we don't, or Old Dominion beats us for the second time. That kills. But life is always better When the Hokies beat UVA and life is always better when the Orioles beat the Yankees. And maybe I I am dumb for caring as much as I do, but to an extent sports is a part of life and it has become a huge part of my life, even though I never really played. It does bring communities together. Yes. And, And while it cannot be used as a total escape for problems we face in society, I, I do think it's okay for people to love and care about the wins and losses. And I think at the end of the day, it's about understanding where that line is. Yes. But I do. I just love sports. And I've been, I part of this was like asking myself, okay, like when that episode happened, I was like, I don't think that's why I like sports. And so I tried to sit down. I was like, why do I like sports? And again, I don't think it's the, you know, I'm some pent up, you know, you know, Repressed, emotionally kind of guy. I have emotions on a range of things. I cry during Toy Story three. We
1: do know, we do know about your emotions.
0: Yeah, (laughs) well, especially involving sports. But
1: especially involving sports, we know. But that's an example. And you know,
0: yeah, you know about emotions outside of sports. Um, and some other friends do as well. But
1: oh, I got the F word. oh look at me. Well, you brought this on yourself.
0: Um. (laughs) <laughs> but, like, it's, yeah, I I cry during Toy Story 3. I cry during things that, like, when it's over, I'm like, why did I cry at that? I'm such a loser. Um, but I just like sports. And it is, it's, it's a little bit of the escape. It's a little bit of the community with perfect strangers. It's a little bit of a commonality between friends that you can share. And, yeah, I just, you know, It goes back to this podcast. Like, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I didn't love sports. Because there are weeks where, as much fun as we have, like, there are weeks where I'm like, dude, I do not care about (laughs) anything that happened in sports this week. I don't know if I want to do this. But I always do, and I always feel better at the end of it. Because it is nice having this thing. And it does, like, remind me, like, hey, maybe that thing didn't go great this week. But wasn't it cool when such and such happened? And sometimes it's not my team's doing good. Sometimes it is the Yankees losing. Sometimes it is watching Aaron Boone say something. (laughs) The first thing you go
1: to is them losing. Sometimes Uh when we
0: strike out the Yankees for a franchise record high for the Orioles 18 times, and Aaron Boone says, outside of those strikeouts, I thought we did pretty good. (laughs) Which makes me laugh out loud. Because I'm like, if Brandon Hyde said that, I would be right there to smack him in the face. So I can only imagine how Yankee fans feel. Um but yeah, it's just I just do absolutely dig it. So like I've tried to put it into words
1: before. like I, I've said it with Stephanie because she's a sports fan, but you know not to my level and acknowledging so I think the existence of this podcast is is some of that dynamic within our relationship is this this gives me an outlet so I don't burn her ear up with a lot of the stuff that we talk about. Not saying we don't talk about sports or I mention it or I talk stuff over with her. But I do think it really comes down to, like, why why do I love sports so much? Why do I, in a way, my calendar is built around the sports calendar? And not always the round, but just, like, I know that's the same weekend as Masters weekend. I know that's the same weekend as Baseball All-Star week. You know, I know that's the beginning of football. And, you know, I look at the NFL schedule come out in April or May or whenever it comes out, and I see how it's going to affect Thanksgiving and Christmas and in other weekends in particular. And so, like – I. I don't know. I I guess it does come down to the same as, I don't know. I just do, but I do think that common bond that you get with strangers and the group like, there's something in that, that I really like where, you know, you have this connection with other people just based on, you know, a team of people that wear a uniform and play the sport uh, for you to watch. And I do think there's some value in to a touch of escapism where you can watch or keep up with something that, in, this, in the scheme of things really doesn't matter. And, and I say that also knowing that a lot of these sports teams go out of their way to do things that really matter and use their stance in society and in their communities to really make a difference that, that does matter and to for people. But the wins and losses in the grand scheme of things do not matter. And I, think it, it's, I don't think it's unhealthy to have that as long as you, you do understand that to a degree. And at moments you understand it less. And and when the Hokies are terrible at football, I understand that less because I really hate it. And I and I think when they're on one day, one day, because I believe they'll be on top, it's I'm going to care that much then too. And and, and I'm going to ignore that it doesn't matter because it, it really will matter to me. Um, but uh, I think it's a good thing. And, it, and it's and how I go through life and you know, you said you like all this without having played sports. I did play sports, but I also, here I am hosting a, a podcast with someone's sports opinion. I, you know, value and care, you know, value to listen to and argue with and agree with. And um, I, I've told that story so many times. We This podcast started because you and I rode to a Riverhead State semifinal game for, what was it, three hours there and three hours back. And as much as we agree about Virginia tech sport or you like Virginia tech sports. Um, you know, I don't hate the Orioles. We, we have our Ravens obvious, but we argued the whole time. Like we just saw things differently, even about things that we agree about, like, uh, you know, teams that we agree about and stuff like that. Cause you were early on the Fuente hate train. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's cool to have that. It's not even unspoken, spoken bond with people uh, immediately. You know, that's one of the first things I do when I'm meeting somebody new in a social setting where we're going to have a casual conversation time to be together. Like I, I bring up sports early. Cause I, you know, if we have that, we can just, I can rattle off in any direction in a lot of different sports and not saying I can't converse with people that don't, but it, it is a lot easier than people that do. And, um, I like having that. And, uh, You know, I'm trying to raise my kids in that environment, too, because I'm sitting there trying to get them to watch. We record the women's game at 3 a.m. last night and try to watch it when we get home from vacation today and and make sure they're paying attention at certain times and getting into it. And they know about my favorite sports teams. They know what, you know, colleges they aren't allowed to go to, you know, stuff (laughs) like that because it's all based on sports and stuff around sports. And, uh, you know, my biggest adjustment in sports from being a, you know, a high school, college age, just probably fanatic is the off the field stuff back then. I did not care about the off the field stuff. I ignored it as much as I can. And then somewhere along the lines between big Ben and tiger woods and, and then people that weren't, you know, of my, my favorite list, you know, I've had to kind of be ready for changing and, and not just accept everything that comes in because stuff changes. So uh, I, but I think that's, that's the change in times, but also the change in me. So I, I think it's a good thing. I like sports too. Uh, That's why we, I think you have to like sports to a degree if you're going to be listening to this podcast. Um, And I think nothing more fitting happened while you were starting this, uh, this section here. Right when you started, the Orioles hit a grand slam against the Blue Jays tonight to secure that victory. Not, not a game winner, but they were already up, but they, they went to 11 to three with that grand slam. So I think that was very fitting.
0: I would be lying if I told you, I didn't know that already but I appreciate you telling me that <laughs> right I knew what the started, score was. I've been following like, the score. So I knew what the score was when I started and then I did hide it for yeah. what I was saying. And then when I, when you started talking, not that I wasn't listening cause I was, but I did pull the score back up and I was like, Ooh, yeah. um, two minutes
1: into your talk, 40 seconds before that they hit the grand slam. Cause I saw the tweet.
0: <laughs> I loved it. Um, But yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's like you said, I mean, I, I remember that night driving down and driving back and, you know, at the we're end of the night, everything we did, we, were arguing about. we, we argued about everything we, we could, time. but yeah, like that was the thing. As soon as I got it, I was like, God, that was fun. Like, yeah. and that's the thing. Like I have, I have arguments about other stuff that I am like that. It, it Almost never is fun. Almost never. I'm not going to say never because there are times where I do argue about stuff that's not sports related that I'm like, you know what? that was good. That was enlightening. But most of the time when I'm having an argument, not sports related at the end of it, I'm like, that was exhausting.
1: <laughs> I never want
0: to do that again. And then, I mean, it, 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 always inevitably happens again, but that, that conversation, when we got out, I was like, gosh, I really do hope we do this podcast thing. Cause that would be so much fun. And then we did. And that's, you know, here we are now on episode 250, what, 255? At 250
1: some episodes later, yeah.
0: 255. So, yeah, it, it's, it is. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I hope the people listening to this enjoy it. Um, I know that uh, we have friends that listen to this, and, and we talk to them, and I won't name names, but I know there are people who listen to this that tell me, like, I don't really like it when you do the, your fake voices. And I don't really <laughs> they all the same <laughs> <laughs> and I don't really like it when you yell and I was like well then you probably don't really like me when I'm on the podcast <laughs> but, um, but yeah uh, but yeah it's it comes out of a place of passion and it, it is at the end of the day like I said I I do realize at times I'm like I probably shouldn't care as much as I do but at the end of the day, I, guilty, I do. And um, yeah, I mean, there there's definitely things outside of life that are way more important. And there are good days and bad days outside of life. But when I sit down and watch the Orioles, nothing makes a bad day feel a little less worse than when the Orioles win. And I'm telling you, Leland, like my cousin got to see this up close and personal. It's a cousin I'm very close to. We got very close when um, we were both in college. And because she was going through a hard time at college. And so we were able to kind of connect in a way that we never had before. But anyway, that was like when the Orioles were good was 2012. I had just graduated college. She's in her senior year of college. And we are talking. And she, she just knew, like, during that Yankees playoff series, the games we won, she knew when we won. And when we lost, she knew that we had lost, not because I had said anything about it, but she was like, you seem off. Did the Orioles lose? And I was like, yeah. But when we won, I was pumped. I was like, there would be, because, I mean, it was like early nights. I was like, ah, I'm going to bed. I can't do this. And I can't have this long conversation. I'm going to bed. (laughs) And when we won, I was like, yo, let's go. What do you... What do you need to talk about? Let's get through this. We can work through this. And she's like, well, I mean, do you need to go to bed? I was like, no, I'm amped. We can go all night. And she's like, oh, the Orioles won. And uh, so she got to see that up close and personal. And yeah, it's it's so much more fun when your team's winning, obviously. But yeah, it, it does. And, and here's the other thing, right? Like, I I know I've said I've never really played sports. I, I played for a church softball team. That's like the most organized sport i played outside of flag football third through fifth grade um so but i still and i don't i know you still i know you do this too because i catch you saying it sometimes and i i'm not the kind of person that ever calls anybody out on it because i think it is true like i'll catch myself when i'm saying the orioles that like we need to win this game we we are leading the division I not to do
1: it while we're calling riverheads games yeah
0: right we <laughs> yeah we beat the new york yankees like i i want us to win a world series in my lifetime like and some people laugh at that they're like you're not on the team you know you don't have anything to do with it but when you spend this much and, and you know i've i've called it fandom emotional energy I, i've also called it like emotional chips. Like, you go into life with so many emotional chips that you just are able to deal with in a given time frame. Like, I can only give a bleep about so much at a time. And the Orioles get a lot of those emotional chips during the season, and they get a lot of those emotional chips, especially when we're good. Like, right now, I am all in on the Baltimore Orioles. And I I know I have already said on this podcast, I don't know if this team's good enough to win a World Series, but I also said in October, I'll be able to convince myself they are. And Leland, you know me because like the fool that you are, you wanted to start using the F word (laughs) as our relationship as friends. And so when that happened, like you, we did become close through this podcast in a way we weren't before. And you have gotten to see outside of the podcast life, outside of sports life even. And you know me and I I think saying uh pessimistic would be a kind way to put it on my general <laughs> outview of life. And you have even called me out on this podcast like how are the Orioles the thing that you are optimistic about in life? Like you are so down on everything else, sports and otherwise. But the Baltimore Orioles, a team that has given you zero reason to think they could ever win a World Series, is the team that you're like, you know what, this is the year we're going to do something. Like, (laughs) I don't know what it is, and I am. I am emotionally invested. And, folks, good Joe may die the day the Orioles get eliminated. (laughs) Well, he may not die right then because it won't – it probably – unless we get screwed by an umpire. We, it probably won't be anger that does it. It will probably just be sadness. And just an overwhelming depression will wash over me the minute the Orioles get eliminated from the season. Hopefully, we don't have to experience that. Hopefully, new Joe lives forever and we win a World Series. Because, And here's the other thing, Leland. I say this, and I, I know this about myself right now. I have said, if the Orioles win a World Series in my lifetime, I don't care what else happens in my sports fandom. That's enough. But like the child old or like the age old child's tale. If you give a mouse a cookie, if you give me a (laughs) world series championship, I'm going to want a three beat. So (laughs) I'm going to be like, we've got this, especially if it's this dream, like we got this young core. Where are we going? Let's spend some money. Let's build up the rotation. Let's fill in the weak spots. But yeah. and, And so like, I don't know. I, maybe that had something to do with my, like, dislike of that particular episode of Wrexham. I, and honestly, part of it was I wanted to learn about Wrexham, the team. And I just, that was not an episode where you learned that. It was where we went to some pseudoscience on it. Um, and I was just like, okay. But, yeah, it's it's something that, like, since that episode in particular, I'm like, okay, well, why do I like sports? And, and I know we've said it already, but I, I don't know what that answer is. I don't know how to put it into words other than I just tried, and it's obviously rambling on a very long time at this point.
1: <laughs> it's hard to put words to it.
0: It is, but it, we just do, and we love it. And yeah. uh, obviously, you know, tell us why you like sports. Maybe, I know Twitter, I'm never going to call it X. Um, Twitter limits the number of characters. That's that. You know what? I don't, Leland, this is going to, I'm going to put good Joe in a closet for a second and then let it back out. I will die on this hill. And I don't care if it gets to the point where people are like, Joe, you're so old. You still call it Twitter. I still call O'Neill's hams. All right. It's still hams to me. Damn it. And it's going to be yeah. ham. till the day I die, it's yeah, not that, O'Neill's. It yeah. And it's, yeah, it's still Heinz field. I'm not a yes. Steelers fan, but it's still Heinz field, whatever that other thing is that it's called. I don't know what that is. What is that, a water filter? I don't, I don't know. I don't have time their for that. Ketchup, terrible. Yeah, they make awful ketchup. Um, but <laughs> like, there are certain things that I will be like, I am not going to call it by that other thing. And that's one of them. It's still Twitter. And I don't care if they change the logo, I don't care if they change the app icon or the name or the notification, which, by the way, annoys the hell out of me. I think I miss a call every time I get one of those notifications. And I've shut it off since then. Because I'm just like, you're not fooling me again. I'm not doing it. Um, what was I saying? I don't know. Something about Twitter. Oh, tell us on Twitter, in the number of characters it allows you to use, why you like sports. What's a great sports memory you have, if you can't put it into words? What's the team that you throw all your emotional chips on? For me, it's the Orioles. For Leland, I know it's the Hokies. Um, and God bless them. Like, that's one... Like Leland tells me when I say the Orioles, you know what? This is probably the year the Orioles do it. And Leland in his kind way says, hmm, maybe not. Like every time Leland mm-hmm. says, I think we're going to do good in the ACC. I'm like, hmm, okay. Good for you. I hope every you're right. Every once in a
1: while, Kenny, Kenny Brooks makes me right. Every once in a while.
0: Yeah, every once in a while, Kenny Brooks does come through. I was thinking more of Virginia Tech football when you say that. Um, which, by the I way, I know, what, but still, what, like, what were we, 11th? in the preseason predictions i don't i that came I out today for a reason i that came out today oh yeah hey, you missed utah turning down you, the you missed utah it's not returning the big 12's calls <laughs> like, what, are they, yeah. what
1: is that plan <laughs> That's a mess over there. i'm sure we'll talk more about it next week so i'm sure there'll be more news but arizona everybody is a mess let's get out of here let's get on uh let the people have their week And we'll be back next week to talk more about the sports that you care about as the Augusta County sports fan. We'll have more high school football talk. I know that. Um, I want to touch (laughs) on some volleyball before they get going too. Yep. So we're here for the local sports and the getting outside of local sports that you care about. We'll be back next week to do that here on the Yak Sports Podcast.
0: You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.